Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello and welcome to your November 12th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. This is Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach for the boys at Dulles High School and also director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. Well, we always start off our, our show with a prayer. And uh, so we start in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And to God, again, we thank you for this show. Thank you for this opportunity to, to play this game that we love. And um, I pray that this show continues to unify the soccer community and keep us all informed and to keep us all connected. Uh, in Christ's name we pray all of these things. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, well, what a wet start. What a crazy start to the soccer season. I mean, this, the last few days has just been a whirlwind of, of stuff, okay? And I don't think it's an accident, perhaps, that we have this major storm coming in on the first day that we can play, okay, which is basically washing out most of the games, you know, today. Uh, so, uh, pretty frustrating start, and uh, I've never seen weather like this at this time of year. Usually, you see this kind of weather in January, but uh, to see it in November is quite odd. It's usually very dry this time of year, if my memory serves me correctly anyway. Um, so... Anyhow, I know a lot of y'all frustrated. You're probably at home listening to this live uh, or listening to as we post because because there's really nothing to play out there. I had a game tonight at Christ Episcopal in Covington at seven o'clock, and and um, it's gone. And uh, and I tell you what, with power rankings and all, we really need to make these games up. It just definitely makes things more complicated every time it rains around here. So I'm not complaining, God. <laughs> I'm sure things will work out for the best. Uh, they always do. And uh, and so, but uh, between that and that stuff coming around with the LHSAA, both with districting and um, and immigration, uh, uh, it's been it's been a, a weekend to remember. Uh, anyhow, we're going to cover all, both of those issues when we come back after our after we pay our bills. And uh, I want to thank all of y'all. Also, before we before we do sign off, uh, Facebook Live actually was a big success, even though I really didn't um, spend the amount of money and time and effort I should have in it. Uh, but def there's definitely. Uh, uh, a want for it to be done right. We're purchasing the equipment, and uh, we're going to get everything uh, straight, and we'll try to do Facebook Live again. And uh, there's no reason why we can't do Facebook Live at one of your games. So uh, so Facebook Live does work. You like it, so we're going to go there. Uh, get in touch with me if you want to um, – if you really would like to uh, have me maybe broadcast the show from your place or your game or uh, or maybe even uh, do a Facebook Live every game and cover your game for you and uh, comment on your game as it's being played, uh, that that's really easy stuff for us to do. And, um, and I really would like to get on the ball with that. Of course, I'm kind of limited because of my schedule, but... But uh, there's a lot of games out there that I can't attend, and I've already got one request, and I'm, I'm accepting it. So uh, if you want to do that, that might not be a bad idea for you promoting your school, and uh, it's very affordable. Um, and, uh, of course, if you want to advertise on the show, uh, we'd love to have you do that as well. And um, you can get in touch, touch with us at MNFootball, M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L on Twitter. That's how um, the person who wanted me to do Facebook Live got in touch with me. 
get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Okay, and you can actually watch the Facebook Live event that we had last week on it. That's uh, Monday Night Football on Monday, spelled F-U-T-B-O-L. Or you can get in touch with me at Ritter at laprepsoccer.net. And uh, and we'll get your issues addressed and covered, and especially if you want something covered on the show. We're going to break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about this immigration confusion on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And uh and uh, we're gonna go right to the right to the uh to the issue. Uh there was a memo that was sent out by the LHSAA. Uh, talking about student athlete visas, and uh, uh, the way it was interpreted um, really stirred up a lot, a lot of conversation this weekend. I had a lot of my coaches of my players. I have a lot of uh, Latino players um, that play for me at Soccer Innovations of America, and uh, they just couldn't wait for the season to start. And then this memo comes out right, <laughs> right at the cusp of the first day of the season, which is today, and saying that unless you have a valid Social Security number, you cannot play. Well, that's going to eliminate a lot of schools uh, in the New Orleans area, especially from playing soccer at all. Okay, and uh, uh, there was a whirlwind of activity, whirlwind of of, of attention. A law firm decided to go go uh, and represent um, the Hispanic community and try to, to claim it was discrimination. And it just warranted that uh, that we wound up getting a communication uh, that came out on the 9th, uh, basically retracting uh, the misinterpretation of the rule. Okay, uh, the rule basically... The, the retraction is, I think, what we need to take a look at, okay? The retraction basically says, LHSA, rule and regulations only address foreign exchange and foreign students, visa applicants. And then Eddie Bonan says, as I stated in one of the previous memorandums, there are approximately 175 different forms of visas recognized by the United States and Homeland Security. And so he has, he says he has counseled, LH, he's checked out LHSA legal counsel on the way. And what they've decided to do is to yield to parish school boards and memberships um, uh, for whether or not a person is, is legally uh, attending a school and whether or not they can uh, do school activities. Quite frankly, the purpose of athletics is part of the education process. I know some of y'all just want to win games, but the whole idea of athletics is to educate the whole person and to teach the person how to function in society and to teach you know life skills that are priceless uh, that you can't teach in a classroom. So uh, to put a kid in, a, in an environment and say, okay, you can come to school, and then say you can't participate in the school, however, is, is kind of, uh, a lot of people call it nonsense. 
Okay, uh, this lawyer calls it discrimination. Uh, it also flies in the face with all the all the stuff with the wall being built and 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 the divide we have in our country right now, presently. But uh, uh, I looked at it like really uh, the kids are kind of getting stuck in the middle of all this. Um, I do think that there should be. Uh, this is my opinion. You can voice your opinion. Uh, come on the show and voice it uh, if you want to the next show. But in my opinion. Um, both sides need to step up to the plate. Uh, the schools that have these uh, undocumented players, they need to find a form of documentation. The same way I have to do a soccer innovation is find a legal birth certificate, at least, to assure that the kid is 19. That's really what it's kind of boiled down to. People are claiming that there's 20, 21, 22-year-olds on the field, which makes a world of difference. Okay, I played in that 6v6 league, and some of these high schools, you know, there's no eligibility requirements in the 6v6 league, and you know that you're playing against men. And sometimes that's dangerous when you have a 12, 13-year-old boy out there on the field. Uh, sometimes people do put ninth graders on varsity and and uh you know you got a 14 year old going against a 22 year old that that's kind of scary and, and club soccer we definitely do not allow it um the enforcement of it though is really hard to do because let's go to the flip side of the equation it is easy to forge a birth certificate with the computers that we have this day and age and uh, uh and i guess the lhsa was feeling the pressure and i think rightly so that you know we have to find out officially how old these people are so i guess they put the ball back into the court of the uh of the individual school boards and parishes and schools themselves that they need to police themselves and i guess now we just wait for the first argument that a kid is not 19 uh that he's older than 19 to come up and then here we go okay uh um <laughs> what a mess this this can possibly be. We really don't want it to be a mess. Uh, uh, we want it, if everybody would just do what they're supposed to do, okay? Uh, we have a rule that says, it's a good rule. I mean, you can't really, a 19 is the limit for a high school player. Um, having 19-year-olds on the field is a, is a high distinct advantage, um, to, to, to say the least, okay? And, um, uh, and just for the risk of the health of the, of the youngsters that are out there. So uh, um, getting a social security number, I mean, if you got a green card or a visa card, I mean, there is, if you're a documented person, then then uh, you should have no trouble proving your age. Here, here's the problem that I have uh, is that, okay, everybody knows that if you're living in the country, if you're a child, uh, I think it's been proven that y y they have the right to go get an education. So that way they are, I think the the, uh, the, the, the phrase is they could be a legitimate part of society. And so, okay, if you're going to allow a child to go to a school, then I think to tell that child that they can't participate in the, in the, in the activities of the school is kind of counterproductive to the schooling of the child. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, uh, to kind of like sit somebody, um, um, it's kind of like if you look at all these, um, 
all these uh, um, sweatshops they have in the world. You have all these people making all this, these expensive clothes that they have no chance of wearing, but they're surrounded by them. Okay, uh, it, it's a tease, and it's it's kind of humiliating and demeaning. And uh, uh, I think I think getting the person properly identified uh, need needs to be done. And really, you kind of know uh, is this a child or is this not a child? And so if they claim to be sixteen, whatever, let's put them in class and let's get them a diploma. And uh, uh, I really don't know how the school system works with the, when it comes to illegal aliens uh, or immigrants, whatever word you want to use. Um, I think we all agree that a child should be in school no matter what the status uh, 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 of their, uh, their nationality is. But of course, we're dealing now with these these you know uh, instances where somebody who's not documented assaults somebody who is a legal citizen in a school, and the stereotype that all illegal immigrants are uh, are heathens or whatever. I mean, it just fuels that fire. And I'm going to tell y'all, um, most of the kids in my soccer club that come from other countries, they're hardworking, church going. Uh, people, okay, uh, the same kind of people who immigrated here to begin with. We are a nation of immigrants. I don't coach any Native Americans. I, I've yet to coach one, and I've been coaching for 37 years, okay, in uh, Louisiana, which had a which had a strong Indian pop, American Native American population, okay, and uh, uh, so to single out a certain nationality for for immigrating, I mean, we've always had rules on immigration, and I think a country has to, you know, at least have a handle on what's going on with its with its citizens and whatnot. Of course, I'm a Roman Catholic. The Roman Catholic Church kind of has a more global uh, uh, idea of 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 how people should be treated, uh, which we could talk about in another episode. Uh, and we have a lot of Catholic schools here. And uh, uh, that doesn't. I mean, when I start to, when we start talking about that in the classroom, it gets really really. Shaky, uh, uh, people are very uncomfortable with that, uh, with the church's official teaching about how immigrants should be treated. I mean, the church is not for lawlessness, the church, you know. But anyway, this is about LHSAA, not, not the Roman Catholic Church. But a, a, lot, of the, uh, a lot of the participants in this, in this uh, state association are Catholic schools. So, you know, they, they bring in a little different bent to all of this and the bent is really i mean most people agree that you have to you have to educate a child you have to educate you have to love them you have to take care of them and it's vital that uh, we do so and of course sports especially soccer in the latino community i mean it kind of looked raw that the timing of that would come out right before soccer and not like right before football season um that they would be checking up on uh on, on the status. I, I talked to a couple of coaches and, uh, during the weekend, and they kind of felt like it, it was targeting the Hispanic community specifically. And uh, uh, the timing was not accidental. And, and uh, y'all, look, I'm telling you, whole teams would have to shut down. Um, and so, uh, and some of y'all are applauding because some of the schools out here do not police their players, okay. Their players claim to be 16, and they're 19, 20, you know, and uh, and nothing is done about it. And then you wind up playing a game, and you and you know these people are ineligible, but they play anyway because their paperwork says that they're eligible. And I've seen it at the club level as well: uh, fake birth certificates, uh, fake registration um, papers, and 
Um, I don't think people talk about it very much. We just let it all go because we want the kids playing. We want the kids. I mean, you want we want kids off the streets. We want them on the soccer fields where we can mold their their uh, their their moral compass. You know, so a lot of it is kind of looked the other way on the club scene and the high school scene. Uh, I mean, eligibility is a big big deal. Okay, uh, um, but how a, a school determines how old a kid is varies. So um, I don't think we've seen the end of this. I think, if anything, we've seen the beginning of it. Okay, and uh, uh, I think that now that that retraction is is kind of vague. And uh, and uh, I contacted Miss Buckner and invited her to be on the show tonight. Uh, the person who's in charge of soccer and and. Um, and and she, this was what she said. She said the base the memo is waiving the written bylaw this season and allowing athletes, regardless of citizenship status, to play as long as they meet the eligibility criteria, as every other student according to our handbook. Okay, so. Um, uh, and she says, if you if you really, she encourages all of y'all who are listening, instead of just whining and complaining, okay, the, the people that you have to get in touch with at the LHSA are Karen Hoyt or directly Eddie Bonine or Renee Ballard, okay? Uh, uh, and they're basically going to tell you if, you, you know, if you have a problem with School X, well, if School X verifies age and residency a certain way and a kid that is from another country, um, satisfies those requirements, then that kid has the right to play this year, and we'll see what happens in, in the future. But I tend to think that this is going to this is going to continue uh, to be the case because uh, uh, once you once you I mean the lawsuits are going to be endless. All right, discrimination lawsuits. I don't think the LHSA has the time or patience to have to deal with that. Okay, and um, so we need to tighten things up. I think really and truly everybody listening to this show cares about soccer. And I think that we all need to police ourselves and just do the right things, okay? Uh, don't falsify age. Don't uh, um, don't assume that another team is falsifying age, okay? Don't make outlandish uh, accusations out there, especially in social media, um, that are baseless. Uh, if you really think that another school is not participating properly, contact Mr. Bonine, okay? And they're going to, I'm telling you, they're going to take a look at it. The LHSAA is tightening up all of the uh, the leaks that have been around, okay, uh, as best they can. And, uh, uh, and they have been very open to the soccer community, especially soccer coaches. Okay, uh, Miss Buckner is amazing. Uh, I mean, I got a text from her within minutes of me texting her, requesting her to be on the show. And uh, that's outstanding for the LHSAA. So we, we have a good relationship with the LHSAA, and, uh, um, and, and we really don't want any, um, any problems to result because, man, look, high school soccer is the real deal in Louisiana. That's why we love it so much. Uh, it, it's exciting. It's uh it's not like wearing your school colors and playing with passion. There's a passion that, on the high school field that really is not replicated on the club field. Okay, uh, just not. And and uh, I think that's a good thing because we could really use our national team playing with that kind of passion for us in the United States. Well, uh, that's it for the immigration issue. Um, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about the other issue that came up this week, which is reclassification on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you right after the break.
Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And I hope I didn't ruffle too many feathers just now. If I did, that wasn't my intent. Uh, looks like things are going to just go on the way they have been going on. And, uh, and everybody just needs to tighten up the eligibility requirements. Now, the next uh, elephant in the room is these new classification numbers that came out and whether or not teams want to play up, okay? Uh, there are teams that uh, that have played Division One that have qualified for Division Two. There are teams who played Division Two like mine, who are uh, uh, should be in a division lower. And uh, where all these schools are going to elect to play is going to be a very, very interesting um, um, thing in the, as, as, as we go along, okay? Uh, the dividing line for Division Two uh, and Three is 781. Between One and Two is, uh, looks like it's uh, 1296, okay? Which, to me, that's a large school, okay? Uh, and uh, the difference between Three and Four is 407. Okay, so um, uh, the, the, the divisions are, I mean, of course, we, we really do see that Division Two, except for the bigger Division Two schools, Division Two and Division Three are almost like identical. I mean, uh, I mean, if you, I liked it better with three divisions. I've made no uh, secret about that. I thought I thought it was better. Um, I understand why we went to four divisions. I kind of said it last week that we went to four divisions because there was just some really good teams just out to make a division two and um, three state championship. There were a lot of really good teams that were left out of uh, of the mix. And if we made four divisions, it would probably uh, be uh, reflective of really how many state championship level teams we do have in the state. I get that. I, I, I'm okay with it, you know. But uh, but there's really not much difference between a Division three and Division four uh, school. Um, I don't. I don't think on the at least in the upper tier. Okay, it would be nice if you had these really small schools by themselves. And uh, uh, I would like to maybe cut it at three hundred, and um, and make that a division three, and then division two is three hundred all the way up to a thousand, and um, uh, whatever. I think doesn't really matter. What matters now is okay. Everybody's been told what division they're in. Um, LHSA classification is uh, is up and uh, on the rub site. If you want to take a look at it, the boys soccer and then girls soccer is uh, is also uh, decimated on there. And uh, of course, girls soccer has four divisions as well. Pretty much the numbers are the, are the same. And people are going to have to elect. Okay, do I stay up? Uh, do I stay where I'm at? Do do I uh, or do I um, um, I don't know. Like I, I got a bit. Well, I'm one of those coaches. I've got to determine whether or not I want to stay in Division Two, 
or just go to Division Three. And, of course, there's a heavy argument in the boys' side that Division Three is probably just as strong, if not stronger, than Division Two when it comes to uh, the level of talent the schools possess. So, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should go back to the good old days of Indiana where uh, – where you have everybody playing for one state championship for basketball, like that movie Hoosiers. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon or at all, quite frankly. Um, it's kind of um, kind of what we do at club, though. Really, everybody plays, uh, no matter how big your club is, you play for the state championship at your at your – at the level that you want to compete at, competitive or not as competitive, you know? And um, maybe that's where we got to go. Because I tell you what, uh, let's talk about football for a second. John Curtis and Evangel being in Division One uh, is accurate, okay? Uh, it's totally inaccurate population-wise. But really, that's where they need to be because that's how, what kind of kids that they get there. And so uh, – Instead of take out numbers, maybe just maybe we ought to be looking at the level of seriousness of the school. How, you know, uh, that could really revolutionize uh, our game because, yeah, I really do believe uh, they take nothing away from Jesuit, okay, or Holy Cross, okay. Uh, I, I do think that ESA was the strongest team of the four. Now, the only way to prove that is to is to play each other out and. It'd be kind of neat if we could do that. Division one plays four, and Division two plays three, and then the winners of those play each other to see who's got the best state championship team. Uh, instead, we just keep it four state champions, and everybody's happy, and um, uh, and everybody gets a trophy. You know, that's our, that's the culture that we're in right now, and I don't think that's going to change. So, all eyes are going to be on, especially the the schools that are on the borderline as to what they're going to do. Uh, I have to declare soon. And uh, we're going to keep our eyes on this, but it makes for some interesting conversation, especially in division, with with teams moving out of divisions. Like uh, like West Jefferson is a good example, um, a team that was up there uh, in they they were comfortable in division two, and now they're going to have to play for the boys anyhow back in division one. Uh, where they tend to not be able to thrive. But, y'all, West Jefferson's got almost 1,500 kids. <laughs> so, you know, where are you going to put them? So um, what do you think? I mean, I, I like my idea, although my idea is going to be kind of hard to implement. Um, like a school could just declare what kind of level state championship they want to have. And uh, most people are on the side that you can only have so many competitive athletes per the enrollment of the school. Okay, so I get that too. Um, what the solution is, I'll be glad to hear your suggestions, okay? And uh, again, you can voice those on Twitter, on Facebook, okay? Uh, or you can even call me personally, 504-577-3131. And, uh, uh, but as it is, this is the way the animal is is, is tagged. And uh, uh, it and we're going to dice it up by population. So um, take a look at the document if you get a chance and uh, and see if you think it's a, it's it's an even split. Anyhow, we're going to call it off for a day. Next week, you now we're going to start talking to coaches and try to, to try to get players of the week um, and name players of the week. So uh, be in touch with me. Uh, um, again, you can email me at uh, – give me an email message at a Ritter, okay, on LA Prep Soccer. 
and I encourage everybody to join the coaches association out there who are coaches. Anyhow, this is Coach Ritter, uh, Carpe Diem in Christ. I mean, God bless you and your family. We'll see you next week on Monday Night Football. Take care. God willing, that is. Bye-bye.